What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. I thought we'd start this hour with some good news. And I have, I have many stories of good news. Many, many. What do you say? You in for some good news? Let's do it in 60 seconds. Guess what the average American's credit card percentage rate is? The average American is now paying 21% on average. Most people are carrying a balance from uh, one month to the next. Interest is piling up and up and up and it's not hard to get in so deep. You're only making the minimal payments and that'll take you 10 years to pay that off. If that's you, would you please just consider a refi of your mortgage with American Financing? You could be using the equity in your home to get rid of those debts and pay them off much faster at a much lower interest rate than you're going to get from a credit card. You could be shaving years off of your journey towards financial freedom. American Financing is a family-owned mortgage company that's in it for you, not the banks. And they're saving people just like you an average of $700 a month. See if that could free up, you know, your lifestyle a little bit, give you some breathing room, $700 a month on average. And you could end up being able to delay two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. It's free, no obligation, no pressure. Don't wait. Please pick up the phone and call them at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. I got to talk to this man before the end of the week. I have to do it. I think this is a great story. Four armed men wearing masked masks entered a Missouri church earlier this month with alleged intent to rob it or worse. <laughs> alleged? <laughs> well, <laughs> really let, necessary. Let just, well, just listen. Listen to the story. So, uh, Marquello, I guess, Frutrell, he is the pastor at All Creation Northview Holiness Family Church. Too many words in that. Just cut <laughs> it down, Pastor. Cut it down. Economy of words. Okay. It's in Ferguson. He said he watched these four guys wearing masks with guns on their waists and empty bags in their hands walking in. Now, he's a former police officer and now a pastor. He said the hairs on my uh, back of my neck just stood up and I'm like, okay, something's about to happen. It's not going to be good. He said, me being a former police officer, I noticed the waistbands, and I'm like, okay, something in their waistbands as well. So he's up there, and he's preaching, and he's seeing this. Nobody else has seen it yet, and he's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So he does what I don't think anybody else would do. He's like, hey, you. Yeah, you. You in the purple jacket. What is your name? And he starts walking down the aisle towards them and he engages them directly. What is your name? I can't hear you. Say your name out loud. And then he said, you four gentlemen, can you account for yourself? Who sent you here? 
You just decided you saw this church and you just decided, ah, come in. I'm just going to come on in. Talk to me. Why are you here? Who sent you here? He said they found out uh, that they were later, they were connected to uh, two robberies from convenience stores. Um, and the preacher just engaged them and said, turning to the congregation, you know what? Let's praise God for them coming in today. Let's just praise God. I praise God that God sent them in here because I think the devil meant this for evil. <laughs> then he said, but you are messing with the wrong guy. Don't play with me. I still got a cop anointing and I still know what's going on and I know what's about to happen. God's about to change the plan of the enemy. So let's pray on these four. And he turns to the young men and he looks at him and says, lift your voice up to God. Pray with us, will you? And the young men are like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and then the entire congregation surrounds these would-be robbers. And uh, he's like, bow your heads, bow your heads. We're going to we're going to we're going to pray on you. And so the whole congregation comes around and they put their hands. Nobody's reaching for the gun. They put their hands on the back of these guys and they are praying that the Holy Ghost will come and just change these men. They pray for a while and then their congregation sits back down. And he's like, see, brothers, that wasn't so bad. Thank you for letting us pray for you. We're thankful that for whatever reason, the Lord let you come on in here. And when you walked on this ground, you walked on the ground of the, the Holy Ghost. You stepped foot on the all creation parking lot and you encountered the move of the Holy Ghost. And I don't think any of you are going to be the same. And they all just kind of looked at him, looked at the congregation, wearing the masks, <laughs> looked at each other and went, yes, sir, and turned around and walked out. Police wow. are still looking for them. The pastor said, uh, we've got to find this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard and the flood will never be greater than the standard. I mean, you want to talk about faith in God? That pastor coming out from behind that podium and seeing him and knowing, oh boy, there's trouble. I think that's a great story. What kind of masks were that? Do we know? Were they, did they at least protect the congregation from COVID-19? On the evening of February 21st, the number 12 ranked Mid-Vermont Christian School Eagles of White River Junction. Again, too many names. Mm. Too many names. They were scheduled to take on the number 5 Long Trail Mountain Lions of Dorset. First round of the Vermont Division Four Girls Varsity Tournament. The Eagles dropped out. They forfeited the game. Because when they got there, they realized that a, one member of the Mountain Lions was actually a male. <laughs> and so they withdrew from the tournament because they said, we believe playing against an opponent with a biological male jeopardizes the fairness of the game. 
the safety of our players and allowing biological males to participate in women's sports sets a bad precedent for the future of women's sports in general. Good for them. I mean, some school eventually is going to be smart enough to just go out there and just recruit a whole team of dudes and just go out there and just kick everybody's butt. And half the teams will just probably forfeit. I mean, this is a very ultra-competitive world I'd, out there. I'd, I'd like to, I'd <laughs> I like, want to start this school. I know. I'd like to do that, you know, if there was like a, I don't know, a, a podcasting, you know, kind mm-hmm. of division. Mm-hmm. We get all the guys here, just put them in skirts and just... I, I don't mm-hmm. know how that would... I mean, that might be something you like, but it's not something that I think would affect the quality of the podcasts. No, the pot. No, no, no. The podcast division. If there was a sports division with the podcasts and then there was male, female, we just because I don't think our team would be Mm. necessarily that good (laughs) playing against men. But even I could, you know, come on, seriously, women. Right. That's not Mm. too sexist, is it? Right? No. Women. Definitely not. I mean, who can't Certainly not what you're going for. Right. Right. (laughs) Specifically. (laughs) I will say, though, in sports, you know, you have a little bit of real world evidence that boys are able to compete in most sports at a higher level than girls. Yes, I know. I mean, you can look at things like track and field where you're just literally measuring. And you find a lot of these results play out that way. Hmm. So, so wait a minute. You're saying that only a Russian, probably hermaphrodite from the Soviet Union days, Mm. that is doing shot put, is not as good as a male doing that. (laughs) I don't know. That's a good point. But usually, that's the way it plays out. Right. And I, my understanding is huh. hermaphrodite no longer the accepted term. And I learned this uh, f- directly from Weird Al Yankovic. Which, what? Wait a minute. So what? I know it's true. Okay. Because uh, he... Why were... What? <laughs> Why were... How did that happen? Do you happen? have a lot of questions? Yeah, that? I okay, do. Uh, I just... Uh, okay, that's that's fair. No, Weird Al uh, has been doing a, a concert uh, tour over the past few years, uh-huh. which I happen to see. And he has a song from many years ago. You went alone, didn't you? Of course I did. (laughs) So (laughs) this is sad. This is sad. A man in his forties. That was the best night of my life. It was fantastic. By himself. I do it again. I do it again. Play the accordion, Al. Play the accordion. Bring it home. It was fantastic. (laughs) I bet it was. But uh, so he had a song. I can't remember which one it was. But he uses the word hermaphrodite in it. And he going, he's going through the whole thing, and he actually stops the song in the middle of it and says, in totally a, like a, I, you know, Weird Al, I don't know what his politics are. He's never been a political guy. He, yeah. I, I don't, that's he's he does. Weird Al right. Yankovic. I know, but right. he's a legend, okay? Weird mm-hmm. Al's a legend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of stops it and says, by the way, this is not the term we're supposed to use anymore. And he goes to this whole thing about how, you know, things change over time and like trying to like not be canceled, but also right. acknowledging it. And right. it was in a very, very funny way. But I honestly, there's so many terms that have been canceled. I didn't even realize that hermaphrodite, apparently not a term you're supposed to use anymore. Huh. Now, I don't care about that at all. Yeah, I don't but, either. But I do think it is interesting that that was like one of the things that they would use as the defense back in the day. Yeah. Remember when they were talking about transgender people, they would say, well, what about hermaphrodites? These are people that are bo- like, you keep saying there's only two genders. What about hermaphrodites? That's what they always <laughs> used to say. Used that was their argument. Yep. Now they can't even make the argument because they won't let themselves use the word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are screwed up. 
Let me ask you something. Because mm-hmm. you've loved, you've loved Weird Al for a very long time. Yes. Ever since I've known you. I right. love Weird Al. I loved him back in the day. I believe he's been on the show. You know, we met him. Um, we met him once when we were in New York, and he was in the studios for something okay, else. I don't yeah. remember if we brought him on the air or not. Okay. Um, All right. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if we brought him on the air. I also can't remember really meeting him, but he is. A, You've had him on the air, though. Yeah, I've had him on the air several times. Yes. But you, mm-hmm. you, that's that's a big deal, Weird Al. Yeah, for sure. I love Weird Al. Did you go backstage to meet him? No, I did not. I just uh, just sat in the audience and, and and enjoyed the show. You 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 can't. You have such little juice. You can't <laughs> even get a backstage pass to to see. Those are uh, highly uh, oh, highly prized items. That they now don't they just did, come on the internet. Now look, it, was there a meet and greet level here? Uh, and did I look into it? Sure. I mean, did I did I see if there was any available? The answer to that was no. There were none available at the time when I looked. <laughs> but I would have proudly gone to meet and greet Weird Al and told you all about it. I, right. I love the guy. No, I know. I know you do. I love the guy. I know. And How much would you have paid to shake his hand and get your photo no, with Weird Al? As I just mentioned, I've met him before. I know, but to get your message, you know, to, I mean, you would have paid for a meet and greet. How much is that worth to you? A private meeting with Weird Al. I'm just asking, how much would that be worth? I, I would have paid the ticket premium to Which get it. Which would have been what? I don't know. Probably, I bet it would have been an extra Five, hundred bucks, couple extra, hundred bucks. Uh, I mean, couple you know, hundred bucks. meet and greets. You know, you, you're familiar with this process. You usually, well, is it worth, mm-hmm. let's say, five hundred dollars? You're not going with a crowd. It'd be one on one. I mean, I, I, I am, I'm conflicted by this. I think you're leading to something to make fun of me, but like, <laughs> no, I, I'm very conflicted. I'm just I trying actually, to go for your wallet. Oh, okay. I just, I don't actually want to meet the people that you like that I like. I, I feel I find it too. I mean, I've met you. I, I liked you when I was on the air when I was a kid. You were the local host, and I was like, this guy sounds funny, and now I've met him, and it ruined the whole thing. Right. Right? Right. You've destroyed my vision of you. It's like regular people for me. I met you. Right. You were a regular person. A regular person, and now much worse than that. You're still a regular person, (laughs) and I don't like you. Right. I like you. So. But I, I don't, you're not like that. I mean, I know you've had uh, instances where you've like, you've had. Uh, yeah, B.B. King. B.B. King. Yeah, right. B.B. King. Elton John. Both of them. Uh, you loved them. Love them. Elton John. I can't use that word on the air. Not a nice man. Uh, mm. And uh, and B.B. King um, hit on my wife. Right. Okay. Right in front of you. I was the fan. <laughs> Now, you don't have even okay. the juice to stop an artist from no. hitting on your wife. No. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, man can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I walk in with, I, I walk in and, and she slept during the conf- uh, concert. She hates B.B. King. <laughs> I love B.B. King. And, you know, I walk in mm-hmm. and he doesn't even look up for me. I'm like, Mr. King. He's like, ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I walk closer. I just wanted to shake your hand. Well, and he looks up and he does, he looks at me for like half a second and then he goes right to Tanya and he's like, come on over here and sit on BB's lap. (laughs) That's an opening line right there. And I shoved her out of the way (laughs) and I sat on his lap and it was very nice. Uh, Memories can be really uh, kind of a time travel back into the past. Old photos, home videos. Do you have a video of Tanya sitting on BB's lap? 
I have a photo someplace of it. Do you really? I, I have to. We yeah. got to dig this up from yeah. your legacy box. It's got, you yeah. got to have it now. I know. You have know. it digitized. I know. I was going through in a completely other kind of probably a, a gear grinding transition here. I was going through some of the pho- photographs getting ready for the museum this summer. Uh, going through some of the photographs of uh, Wounded Knee that we have, of the massacre of, <laughs> of Wounded of Knee. Of course, we're, we're back to Wounded Knee, obviously. Yeah. Well, you can't go that long. Well, I you mean, said well, you're talking about a lap. So. Right. So anyway, <laughs> what? So anyway, uh, uh, so I was going through them, and they are really in bad shape. They are really faded. And I'm going to get, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm going to get Legacy Box to. Really? Yeah. I'm going to send I, them to them, preserve them, see if they can. You know, enhance it a little bit when sure. they're we're doing it because they're going to be gone. They're so faded; they're so going to be gone. Many of these things. I mean, anything from the pre-digital era is oh yeah fading. I and mean, dying. those are you would expect. Yeah, but that's on you know archival paper back then. Everything was like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, but everything you have from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, if you if you even have the thing to watch it on, uh, if you watch it once, it could just disintegrate on you. Get Legacy Box. I, tr- I trust these people enough to send the pictures of Wounded Knee. I, I, we've got something, uh, an additional Zapruder film that is needs to be uh, dubbed over. I trust them to do this and ship it back to me. So whether you have the Zapruder film or just some celebrity hitting on your wife, if you want to archive those moments, you go to Legacy Box. B.B. King was <laughs> dead to me. <laughs> dead to me when he was like i'm not talking about you sitting on my lap i mean her and i'm like talk to me santa just talk to me legacybox.com save 50 percent now you don't have to be ready with everything you just get the box and you they you'll save 50 percent right now send it in when you're ready legacybox.com slash beck legacybox.com slash beck 10 seconds station id You see that uh, John Irwin uh, has a new movie out. It's the Jesus Revolution. Yeah, hearing great things about it. Great, like the reviews are ridiculously yeah. good. It's outperformed well, all expectations. The reviews for the people who get, you know, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, it is an A plus from Cinema Scores. Yep. A plus Cinema Score. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't that doesn't happen. Ninety nine percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty six on the Tomato Meter. But like a Those movie, critics like, it's got Jesus in it. A movie about Jesus that doesn't portray him as like a black transgendered uh, little person. Um, <laughs> is a hermaphrodite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 56% is pretty good. Yeah, right. I yes. feel like. Uh, so anyway, it's um, blowing past expectations. Really, really, really good. We have to have the real guy on. You know, um, mm. Uh, all I can think of is Frazier. Kelsey Grammer yeah. is playing the role of this guy, but I know the guy who it's based on. Oh, really? And he's got a fantastic story. Maybe next week. Did we'll... you get a meet and greet with him? I don't need. I don't you don't, need he to... had a meet and greet How much... with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. There is Wait, no. <laughs> stories about what? what? And like the, is it the 60s? Like the, uh... Yeah, 60s. And it's this this preacher there. It, 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 the, the congregation just growing really old. And uh, nothing is happening. And he doesn't, all these hippies are around. And he's like, how do we connect with them? Mm. And his daughter challenges him, uh, at least in the movie. And uh, he, he, uh, 
starts his church, open, uh, opens up the door. The guy I know is the guy who plays the lead character, which is not Kelsey Grammer. Um, and his story is crazy, hmm. crazy. He was on acid, running through the streets like a crazy man. Um, and this guy who is played by, well, I don't know his real name, so I'm going to just say played by Jesus in this movie from The Chosen. This guy comes out of his house and he's like, dude, dude, what's up? What's up? Sit down. And they sit down. They talk. The guy completely changed his life. Mm. And he started preaching to people on the beach. He he didn't even know what he was talking about. His story is fantastic. Anyway, the movie is The Jesus Revolution. And it is out in uh, movie theaters everywhere. Well, probably not New York. But <laughs> they just <laughs> they don't allow it there. Yeah. Well, they don't even ask, I think, at this point. They're like, should we call somebody in New York? No. <laughs> no, don't worry. Don't worry. The Glenn Beck Program. I buy precious metals like gold and silver because I'm a collector, but also I'm a collector of uh, things that could be a hedge against insanity. In case you haven't noticed, there's an awful lot of insanity on the menu these days. What is the soup? Insanity. Okay. I. Is there anything else? Nope. Okay, I'll have a soup, uh, a bowl of, could I have it in a cup? The federal government is spending the dollar into the ground. And the simple truth is it cannot bear much more before it falls. They are planning now a changeover to a digital currency. Please find out if gold or silver is right for you by calling Goldline 866 Goldline 866 Goldline. Please do yourself a favor. Have something that is not in dollars, but in gold or silver or precious metals. And right now, the Betsy Ross Silver Round, personally designed by my friend Carol Roth, is exclusive this week only. With every Betsy Ross Silver Round you buy, you'll get the matching Betsy Ross Copper Round for free. They're going to sell out probably by this weekend, so call them now, 866-GOLDLINE. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Save 10 bucks off Blaze TV. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're, uh, we're glad you're here. Hey, there's a couple of really exciting things happening in Washington. Uh, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, which uh, uh, is responsible for, uh, for setting community standards and enforcing, uh, you know, laws that keep me from saying certain things and certain words on uh, a broadcast. This does not cover cable or clearly podcast, just radio and television uh, programs. Um, we're getting a, a new uh, nominee there for the FCC. Uh, name is uh, Gigi Sohn, and uh, I like her. I like her. I like her a lot. Really? Oh, oh yeah. That's good. That's, that's positive. You know, during the George Floyd riots, yeah. uh, she was on the radio, and she was asked, you know, what do we have to do? To elevate all of this. And uh, mm-hmm. she said, what do we need? What do we need? I'm quoting. We need a truth and reconciliation commission. 
And I thought to myself, amen, sister. Amen. That's what we need. We need we need to reconcile with the truth. She said we need to do what they did in South Africa. You know, I was lucky enough to be uh, in South Africa after apartheid broke. And, you know, it was right when South African President Nelson Mandela was in charge. And it was fascinating to see a city that had been torn asunder trying to come back together again. I I think that's what we need. I I think we need to come to a common understanding of what the truth is. Right. End quote. Yes. See, that's why I like her, because we're on the same page. We both think we need to reconcile with the truth. Mm. She said, you know, we also. You know, look, Mitch McConnell said the way we atone for original sin was by electing Barack Obama. Huh, that guy. We got to get rid of that guy. See, another reason I like, I mean, I agree with Barack Obama and Mitch McConnell. Uh, She said, uh, I mean, we have to have a real conversation about, you know, about race relations in this country. We haven't had enough. Oh, we haven't had enough. Finally, Glenn. How long have we been? needing to start a national conversation about race because we've never discussed it before. We've never discussed it. No one has ever no. brought it up. No, amen. And every time something well, happens Colin, in this country... Colin Kaepernick. Well, yes. maybe you could count Colin. He brought it up, but, you know, people just ignored him. Yeah. No one would talk about his incident. No. No one would talk about him no. taking a knee. Just no swept one under would the... obsess about it constantly right. on every television show for months and months and months at a time. Right. And what we need in this country Country is a not a conversation, but a national conversation add, about race. More we, time spent talking about it. We need a real national yes, conversation a real about race. National conversation. Yeah. Why don't we spend more time I'll talking about skin color? I will tell you why. Because she she says, but that's not going to happen because it won't we, because we've yeah. lost the meaning of truth. Yeah, we've lost what is true in this country about everything. I mean, the fact that there are still people in significant numbers who won't wear a GD mask, which right. said that, uh, you know, it's in you're not wearing a mask in a public place. It's it's just unbelievable. But there's one party, only one party that doesn't care about the truth. And uh, I think that's the first thing that Joe Biden, if if he gets elected, he needs to have a truth and reconciliation commission, you know, and have people come and speak and talk about, you know, their experience and what is true and what is not. So she's going to uh, be overseeing the FCC, which I think is great. Oh, that's true. How many yeah. times have we heard people say that? Oh, well, we need a national conversation. I'm about so race. sick of the national conversation. So we don't need a conversation. Everybody, I don't care who you voted for, 90%, only about 10% of crackpots on either side, okay? Those people are the ones currently in charge. Everybody else doesn't need a conversation. We got it. We got it. We got it. Yeah. It's so true. Like Lori Lightfoot lost. We haven't talked about that. What? Yeah, they did one of those things where you had to be in the top two. She finished in third place. She's out. How could that possibly have happened? Again, we've never had a national conversation about race, right? Right. So, which is weird because I will ask you right now what she's blaming the loss on and and you will know the answer. Race. Even though we haven't had a national conversation about race. How is that possible? How would you know the answer to that? she's speaking the truth. Oh, that's right. Because she's speaking the truth. We're liars. So I immediately go... 
Well, she's probably speaking the truth. It's about white people. Yeah. Tubed her. The Houston Texans mm. NFL franchise. Of course, you know all the details of this, but let me bore the audience or let me go through the audience and bore you with, oh, okay. with, yeah, with the storyline here because you'll remember. Way up on the uh, Houston Texans. Texans. So the, they have a really terrible year. They hire a black coach. What? What hap- What's the discourse in the NFL, ESPN, all these places? Oh, well, they of course they give that job to a black coach because it's a terrible team. So they go oh, through, okay. right? All right. Hiring yeah. a black coach now bad because they're a terrible team and huh. you're screwing over the black coach. Now, huh. he goes through a year of coaching. The team sucks. He gets fired. What's the discourse? Of course they fire the black coach because they're racist. Then they hire they him. hire a black coach. Right, I thought. That and he was... goes through a year and they suck again and they fire the coach and guess what they say? I can't believe they fire a black coach. They're racists. Hmm. And then once again they hire a black coach. This is a franchise that has hired 3 consecutive black coaches in a country where 12% of the population is black and yet they're racists. But we just haven't had a national conversation about race. That would solve all this. I'm glad you're finally getting it. I'm glad you finally are it's getting it. By the way, infuriating. Um, let me just take a, a quick moment for this uh, public service announcement. Cut one, please. Have you ever boarded a plane and thought to yourself, I hope the pilot is a transgender refugee? <laughs> Have you ever gone to the emergency room and said, I hope my medical team is incredibly diverse? Have you ever moved to a new city and said, I hope the police department hit its equity goals for the year? If your answer to these questions was no, if you just wanted the most qualified candidates for the job, then you are normal. (laughs) But we have a lot of very not normal people running America these days. Left-wing politicians believe skin color or gender identity should determine who gets the job. Democrats used to care about the middle class. Now they just care about your race and your gender. And as long as Democrats stay in power, it will just keep getting worse. Stop the bigotry. Stop the insanity. Mm. Paid for by Citizens for Sanity. I love the fact that they say stop the bigotry. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It is. That is what we're talking about here. Yes, it is. You know, in a way, we do need a conversation about race. It just needs to be totally different. You know, we <laughs> yeah. need to. Let me give you a conversation about race that we do need. This is from a few years ago. Uh, actor Morgan Freeman. You may identify him as black. I don't know how he identifies himself. But this is Morgan Freeman on 60 Minutes talking about Black History Month. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is white history month? No, well, no, 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 come on. Tell me. Well, uh, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month sure. is Jewish history month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You understand what I... 
know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I mean, God, do we need a dose of that? We need that put into the veins of every citizen in this country right now. That attitude is exactly what solves this problem. And we had gone such a long way to solving it until the left decided to rip rip us out of the jaws of victory and deliver so, us to the agony of defeat. Can we go through something real quick? You and I did this earlier this morning uh, before we were on the air. Can we just go through what is the cause of all of the strife of all of these problems? What is the cause? Is it America? Is it American history? Let's, let's just look at the most where the most turmoil comes from. Look at the last 10 years. How many absolute crises have we yeah, it seems like a seen over and over Constant. and over and over again? It's a national embarrassment, crisis, whatever. Before 2010, it was 2008, the banking crisis. Before then, it was 2001, the 9-11. 9-11. Before that, it was the Gulf War. Gulf the, the, War. The first Gulf okay. War, probably. 1990. Yeah. And then it was probably before that, the real crisis, when we thought we'd be vaporized under Reagan in Cold War. 82 or 80, 81 or 82. And that the Cold was War. sort of right on the heels and right in the middle of the inflation uh, debacle Correct. and the, the, the after, uh, after effects of Carter. Correct. Okay. And that came on the heels of Watergate. Which came on the heels of uh, assassinations, assassination yeah, that, of of three, yeah, three major people in a decade. Think of from this time period. Then the next time period you find like this is in the 1960s. Everything's on fire. Everything is on fire. 1950s, it wasn't like that. 1940s, we were putting the fire out. The 1930s, under FDR, everything was on fire. Everything. Okay, mm, let's go before that. Then it was the Roaring Twenties, had its scandals, etc., but wasn't bad. Until who? The Woodrow, progressive. Woodrow Wilson. Everything was on fire. There is a pattern here. When you put progressives in charge, they are so damn crazy, they set the country on fire every time, every time. I mean, I just know what to say. And they don't seem to learn the lesson. No, I don't. I mean, you know, in the 1950s, we had McCarthy. Horrible, horrible. Part of it was true, yeah. but what the what the uh, Committee of Un-American Activities did was horrible. Okay, I know not to do that anymore to communists. I don't want to do that. I don't want to wear it, bring out your communists. But they haven't learned that lesson. It happened to them. They haven't learned that lesson. Well, they learned a lesson from it. Yeah. They learned do how it. to apply it to their enemies. Exactly right, which is exactly the opposite of what Christ was talk, would talk would teach mm -hmm. he would teach love thy neighbor as thyself vengeance is mine says the lord these guys vengeance belongs to them and the only way to heal is treat you the way you treated me it's an antichrist movement back in just a second hey fun fact 
We're also getting older every day. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I could find a bright side for you. Um, getting older uh, leads to aches and pains, and your joints start to wear down. And the normal exercise of everyday life begins to catch up. I mean, I'm telling you, exercise is bad for you. Most of what causes this pain and lots of other forms of pain is inflammation, especially in the joints. If you're somebody that is dealing with pain, please, I urge you to take the initiative today and give Relief Factor a try. Not a drug developed by doctors so it doesn't space you out. Four key ingredients that work with your body to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. Please give it a shot. You don't have anything to lose. Three-week quick start, 1995. If it's not working for you in three weeks, it's not going to work. But you have a 70% chance of going on to order more because it's working for you. Are you kidding me? Roll the dice. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Just try it for three weeks. 800-4-RELIEF. 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. So Lori Lightfoot uh, lost, uh, and there's a runoff now between two top candidates, both of them progressive but one of them actually likes the police and says the only thing we have to fix right now is the police situation we've got to clean up the streets people are dying in the streets and we got to stop it um but he's not good i mean he's not a guy i would want as the mayor but he's better than the the other guy no he's done some good things on education for example not again not stuff that would please us but you know, he's been for charter schools and he's at right. least had some sensible, he's done some sensible things. Right. And he's focusing on making sure the, the streets are safe. And he won by 14 points over Brandon Johnson. His name is Paul Vallis, by the way. Paul Vallis won but 13 points over uh, Brandon Johnson, who came in second. Now, the, the way this is, this works, if you're familiar with the California system, it's kind of like that, where they have a bunch of people, everybody runs in the same primary, jungle primary, they call it. And then the top two, uh, come out of that primary to face off against each other. So Lori Lightfoot didn't even make the top two. The top two, one is a younger progressive. One is uh, is this guy who is, first of all, the only white candidate in the field. So it shows how racist Chicago is. They, only, they had eight choices of minorities, one white guy. They picked the white guy. And it's just so, so racist. Well, they probably won't pick the white guy now because if you split the vote, I mean... I don't know. I think he's the favorite. I mean, I think the Paul Vallis would be the favorite here. This is the guy who's pro police. You know, he with a 14 point lead, and you have one of these runoffs. I guess maybe it's pretty significant. He has to get 17 percent of the rest of the vote over the entire field. Uh, in fourth place uh, was Jesus G. Garcia, and then Willie Wilson behind that, and then a bunch of people who are two percent or less. So he's got a I mean I wouldn't say it's a sure thing it's not like he, if he was at 46 percent in this I would say it's a sure thing he's at well, 34 so he's got he, a little if bit he's of elected go. he says he wants to make Chicago the safest city in America which you would think is a heavy lift but 
the way the rest of America is going to hell in a handbasket, <laughs> at some point those lines could cross. Right. If he just makes it worse more slowly, uh, eventually we'll all catch it. We'll catch yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good yeah. way of looking good. at Thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you. High hopes Always for Chicago. Always positive. <laughs> Always a positive way to look at things. The Glenn Beck Program.